0: The annual orthopedic meeting is happening. That's April 3rd and 4th. What What is this? This is the annual meeting of the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapists, the largest component of the APTA. Yeah, that component. It's happening April 3rd and 4th, Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport and the Mall of America Hotel. So get up there to Minnesota. Why? Well, they're highlighting the orthopedic and vestibular factors affecting patients with concussion injuries, interconnection of head and neck complex, relationship between neck and shoulder in rehab, lab breakouts focused on skill acquisition and wrapping up each day with a panel discussion with your featured speakers. Find out more information now at orthopt.org Don't miss this. If you're looking to get an edge as an orthophysical therapist this is what you need to be at. orthopt.org
1: This proves that oncology rehab really should be starting from the moment of diagnosis. These patients who get these particular types of chemotherapy drugs, if we can start rehab sooner, maybe that helps them tolerate their better so that they stay on treatment. One of the things that we see in oncology is that if patient's neuropathy gets so bad that the oncologist will decrease the dosage of that chemotherapy, so they may not get that chemotherapy at all, which means that that patient's not getting the full therapeutic benefit of that chemotherapy treatment, which is going to affect their overall survival.
0: Talking about oncology physical therapy today on the show with Scott Kapoza, a physical therapist who works with this patient population. Where, where does physical therapy fall early in the diagnosis, right at the diagnosis, during treatment, and actually post-treatment. Where do we fit? What about all of them? We get into it with Scott, who, who works in this setting, and he gives some really, really good insight, professionally and personally. The episode is brought to you by our friends at Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for a certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it properly in clinical practice. Find research, find information about BFR and uh, knowledge about the equipment you need to apply it properly at OwensRecoveryScience.com or take a listen to Johnny's new podcast available on iTunes, the Owens Recovery Science Podcast.
2: The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Welcome aboard. This is the PT Pinecast. Here's your host, physical therapist Jimmy McKay.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. After we started mentioning this, I guess it's the simple things, right? Thanking people for subscribing to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Subscribing, make sure you don't miss an episode. We love that about you. So thank you for doing that. Also, telling a friend, sharing an episode that you found valuable or interesting via social media. That means a lot to us we appreciate you guys doing that so thank you thank you thank you Uh, leaving a review on iTunes and hearing the reviews on iTunes, reading those and seeing what's valuable to you gives us some insight into what stories we can tell the different people we get to talk to in and around the profession of physical therapy. So I wanted to say thank you to you guys for doing that. The the more you interact with us and it doesn't have to be public. uh, You could drop us a DM or an email as well at uh, PTPineCast.com. It just gives us insight into how we can kind of over serve for you. So the show is and always will be free for you guys to take a listen to the only thing we ask is you let us know what you're thinking let us know what you want to hear uh and tell a friend that's the ultimate compliment from us today talking with an oncology physical therapist from well yale new haven connecticut scott capoza is on the show scott welcome to the program man hey jimmy thanks for having me on today you're a, you're a living example of exactly what I was just talking about. Uh, you reached out and said, hey, man, uh, I'm, a, I'm an oncology physical therapist. I'd love to, to share some some insight. And then a couple of days uh, later, we reach back, we get in touch, we make an appointment, and bam, you're on the show.
1: So I appreciate you reaching out. Oh yeah no absolutely. I appreciate you uh, getting back to me and, and again appreciate uh, having this platform to, to talk about oncology physical therapy. yeah
0: So oncology physical therapy you were mentioned before we hit record you're the are you the first oncology physical therapist where where you work and let everybody know where that is.
1: Sure so I work for Yale New Haven Hospital which is uh, works in conjunction with Smilo Cancer Hospital. Smilo Cancer Hospital uh, was created as a standalone cancer hospital 10 years ago and Yale New Haven hospital obviously has been around for a long time. And so you know, the, the doctors and nurses treat oncology patients at Smilo, but if they need to go back into the community for, for rehab, it's the Yale New Haven hospital gotcha. staff that would see them. So I know it's kind of convoluted, you know, we say Yale and it kind of all one big umbrella, but you know, we kind of all have our, our kind of areas of, of where we work here. So. So here at, at Yale and at Smilo, we have some amazing lymphedema therapists spread throughout our different outpatient clinics, throughout southern Connecticut, along the coastline of Connecticut. But even though we at Smilo see upwards of 10,000 patients a year, wow. uh, we did not have a, a dedicated oncology physical therapist uh, or oncology uh, occupational therapist to, to work with these patients, especially as they move past active treatment, you know, as they as they finish treatment and they're trying to get back to work, they're trying to get back to their normal lives. They, they get done with treatment if they're fatigued, they may have range of motion issues, they may have peripheral neuropathy. And so I, I approached my supervisors actually a couple of years ago and said, listen, this is an unmet need. These, the, all these patients have needs for rehab and we need to be able to meet that and We finally were able to create this position. I was able to come on board full time last summer. Prior to that, I had been working at Yale in a per diem basis through the cancer center's survivorship clinic. This actually started in 2006 when the idea of long-term survivorship was really in its infancy. And there really was no blueprint as to what survivorship care was going to look like for a cancer patient when they finish with their active treatment, when they're done with surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation therapy. And so the, the, the doctors and the team at, at Yale, this was even before the smilo cancer hospital even existed, said, Well you know, we want to be able to create this service for our, our survivors as kind of a bridge to the rest of their lives.
0: Right.
1: And we're gonna we're gonna design a multidisciplinary clinic. So it's not just gonna be medical. We're gonna include psychosocial and the emotional support that survivors need. And so uh, we brought on a social worker. We're going to address the nutritional concerns that survivors have and all of the questions that they have about nutrition uh, and reading through a lot of the misinformation that's out there when it comes to cancer and, and diet. And then they wanted somebody to handle the rehab component, the exercise component getting people stronger and giving them back to, to life. And so the oncologist who was charged with starting up this clinic recruited me. And so I'm actually the last original member yeah. uh, of that team from, from 2006. And so I've, I've, I've had my toe in oncology rehab, so to speak, through some clinic, but now I'm all in in both survivorship and outpatient oncology rehab.
0: Well, good on you for seeing something, saying something, and not, not quitting until something got done. So good on you for, for helping to, to found uh, that program. Uh, a statistic that jumped out at me, an estimated 17 million cancer survivors in the U.S. in 2020 alone. So really that means no matter what setting you practice physical therapy in, you will encounter a cancer survivor and you need to be prepared to treat them safely and effectively. Let's talk about that. For people who, and I'm using air quotes on a podcast here, Scott, for people who don't work in oncology PT, that stat is showing that we all work in cancer PT. What are the things that people working in, with these patients need to, to, to pay attention to?
1: Sure. Uh, you're absolutely right, Jimmy, that you know, with, with that number of cancer survivors in the country, you know, Regardless of what setting you're in um, and, and where you live in the country, you're, you know, you're going to have a, a cancer survivor come in through your doors. And they may not necessarily come related to their cancer specifically. They may come in and they have a, a knee issue or they may have a shoulder issue. But if they have a history of, of cancer, it's important to be able to look back and see what their treatments were and know what those treatments entail. Because there are certain things that you might need to tease out uh, as part of, you know, your your normal orthopedic eval your normal, even your normal pediatric eval, really, uh, for our pediatric oncology patients. And so, you know, it's important for for PTs to know, you know, what the side effects of certain chemotherapy drugs are. You know, for example, there's there's three different classes, three different families of of chemotherapies that can cause peripheral neuropathy, which is the, the numbness and tingling in the hands and the feet. And so obviously if somebody can't feel their hands, that becomes you know, that person's gonna have issues with their ADLs. And if they can't feel their feet, then obviously that becomes a balance and a false concern. And so to be able to go back into a patient's history and, and identify did this patient have this particular type of chemotherapy, that a little alarm should go off to say, Oh, I need to be hypersensitive to screen for balance in this patient.
0: Some physical therapists might be paying attention and saying, listen, Scott's telling me that there's cancer medication that causes peripheral neuropathy, right? That's an easy A to B connection. And then some would just throw up their hands and say, well, physical therapists don't change uh, medications, but you're saying you need to pay attention to do what you can as a physical therapist, a skilled therapist, to work with the side effects of these medications. Yes, you can't change the medications, nor should you. But mm-hmm. you're a physical therapist. What can you do, knowing that this medication
1: could cause this? Right. Exactly. And this, Jimmy, and this this proves that oncology rehab, you know, PT and OT really should be starting from the moment of diagnosis. Yeah. You know, for the, for these patients who get. Like I said, these particular types of chemotherapy drugs, if we can start rehab sooner and get them moving and get them exercising and specifically having them doing you know, weight-bearing exercises, maybe that helps them tolerate their treatment better so that they stay on treatment. One of the things that we see in oncology is that if a patient's neuropathy gets so bad that the oncologist will decrease the dosage of that chemotherapy. Or, that, or they may not get that chemotherapy at all, yeah. which means that that patient is not getting the full therapeutic benefit of that chemotherapy treatment, which is going to affect their overall survival.
0: I like how you frame that. I mean, that just shows the, a valuable role of a physical therapist from the beginning, from the diagnosis of a person uh, mm-hmm. w- with, with cancer. I, I, love, I love how you frame that. It's great. All I, all I heard you there was was advocating for increased access to rehabilitation for all cancer patients and survivors mm-hmm. of of cancer treatment. I love that.
1: yeah, and it's and again, it's it's you know we we talk about you know, establishing baseline data and, and knowing where our patients are starting from before you know before they have surgery or before you know whatever it may be. I mean, the whole idea of prehab exists for total hips and total knees and that sort of thing. so, we're not recreating the wheel. The wheel exists. We just need to be able to take this wheel and, and apply it to uh, to the cancer patient.
0: Well said. If someone's listening and they want to get more involved, uh, you know, I'm an advocate of the American Physical Therapy Association, so I'm going to say that the oncology section is a, a great resource. Anywhere else you'd point someone who is now saying, okay, uh, I'm buying it. I'm listening to what Scott is saying here. I'm going to, or I already do, or I already have come across patients in my practice who are actively in cancer treatment or they're survivors. Where would you point people to get really good resources?
1: Sure, absolutely, yeah the um, the APTA's Academy of Oncologic Physical Therapy, you know, the, which is their uh, oncology section, is a great place to start. You know, if you join, then you get access to their their journals. Uh, you get access to a lot of their online resources that they have. Uh, going back to the chemo chemotherapy induced peripheral neuropathy, for example, they have a great fact sheet. It's really just it spells it out perfectly. What is the drug? What you know? What are the names of the drugs? What are the side effects? And so it spells out very specifically. It's a quick reference. There's also uh, some great resources on that uh, academy website as far as coming up with. or or using different um, subjective measures Mm -hmm. and objective measures that have all been vetted by the academy. The academy has a special uh, what they call edge task force which has gone through and looked at all the different balance screens and range of motion screens and strength screens that we all use in our daily practice and have found the ones that are the the most reliable, the most valid to use in this population. So all those resources are available through the Academy of Oncological Physical Therapy.
0: Yeah, all I, heard you, all I heard you say there was, listen, the basics, they're, they're already done. You're not reinventing the wheel. The wheel exists. So make sure you take advantage right. of things like uh, the Academy of Oncologic Physical Therapists. It, it exists.
1: They've done the work. Take advantage. Yes, absolutely. And so then the next step from that would be, you know, to to reach out to uh, PTs and OTs that are, are in the community and that are already doing this. We're in the process now, and I say we as, as again, the Academy. Uh, of trying to come up with a like a contact list, almost like a mentor list, and try to do it regionally so that, you know, if you live in Nebraska, who's the PTs that are yeah. in Nebraska that, that are doing oncology, you know, whether it's hospital-based, whether it's outpatient, you know, because we learn best by working together and, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. You know, uh, last year, uh, at this time, I was studying for the new uh, board certification in oncology, and so that's That's what I was doing was, you know, I was, I was looking at articles online, but I was also, you know, kind of remotely, you know, texting and emailing colleagues of mine saying, what do you think about this? Or what would you do in this situation to get us ready for the exam? So there are PTs that are already out in the community doing this. And, you know, it will fall on us to try to organize ourselves a little bit better, but we are out there. Uh, And so to be in touch with somebody who's already doing it is a great resource for any new. You know, any new grad that's interested in it, uh, or even somebody like myself who was kind of, you know, midstream in my career and made a kind of made a change.
2: Stand by. Stay tuned. We'll be right back to the PT Pinecast.
1: New Step created
0: the first product of its kind 25 years ago. That was the New Step Recumbent Cross Trainer. Now it's a mainstay in rehab with physical therapists worldwide. New Step now continues its tradition of innovation with the New Step Transit, another innovation in recumbent cross trainers for physical therapists, delivering real-time biofeedback with this piece of equipment, letting you use it in meaningful ways for awareness of physical performance, uh, goals, Identifying and correcting deficits or imbalances. Take a test drive or find out more at newstep.com. That's n u dot Online at newstep.com.
2: Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. This is the PT Pinecast.
0: Scott Capoza, physical therapist, uh, working with individuals uh, in cancer treatment. Appreciate you, you coming on the show. You've got a little bit of a of an insight that most physical therapists might not have. I mean, first of all, you're working with these patients. You didn't think that you'd necessarily be working in this population when you're in PT school,
1: but life handed you a twist. Yeah. So uh, I went to physical therapy school at uh, Ithaca College in upstate New York. And uh, at that time, it was, a, it was a five-year master's program. So you know, in my final year... And, and this was also after running competitively for Ithaca. I, w- I ran on cross country and, and track teams I had actually just run my first marathon but when I was in the midst of, of grad school, I was actually diagnosed with testicular cancer and you can imagine that at any age you know, a, a cancer diagnosis no, for a loop but when you're 22 and you think you're otherwise healthy and you're trying to get your PT degree, you know it was it was a bit of a, a struggle. And I, I distinctly remember, I, I, I tell people this all the time, I distinctly remember that I was diagnosed on a Friday night because we were on trimesters, and so the, the following week we actually had finals. Uh, and then we had one of our rotations after that. And so the, the oncologist comes in after I'd had a bunch of blood work and scans and everything, and, and he says, uh, you have cancer. And I said, I can't deal with this right now, we have finals on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and then I have a you know a six week uh, clinical rotation of the best sports medicine clinics here in town. You know, can I put this off until winter break? You know, because that's that's how my brain was thinking at that point. You know, I think any twenty two year old would think that, right? Total PT,
0: um, total PT student mindset.
1: Yeah, yeah, finals. You know, I got to study. I got I've got uh, neuro one and kinesiology coming up. Like, yeah, you know, those are my priorities. And uh, but no, it, I so I had to. I had two surgeries while I was in grad school. Um, Second surgery really set me back, but my my professors and my classmates were amazing and supportive, and they were gonna make sure that I I finished school on time with the rest of them. So I was able to finish my academics on time uh, with everybody. I did have to postpone my last clinical rotation because of chemo, but then I I finished that, I finished my last rotation, and I was still able to to graduate uh, with my degree only three months behind the rest of my class
0: good for you I, I can't you know just even hearing you, you 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 tell that story of course you know we chuckle a little bit saying how your reaction to your doctor was I can't deal with this I got finals that's still in the hours and and days after that that, that that's got to be pretty heavy to deal with I, I cannot imagine
1: yeah I I didn't I intentionally did not tell anybody not even my roommate wow. until finals were over you know because I didn't want people to worry about it and be distracted and and that sort of thing so Uh, And even as I moved through my diagnosis, I was hoping to try to actually keep it under wraps. You know, I I think I think for so many of us, you know, when we're diagnosed with cancer, all we want is normalcy. Mm -hmm. And so, the most normal thing for me at that point was being a PT student, and I didn't want to tell my whole class because I didn't want them to look at me differently. Sure, you know, we all kind of right, we all kind of have our labels, whether we you know approve of that or not. Like you know, I'm a Red Sox fan and I'm a runner and uh, and I'm a PT student, so I didn't want my, my classmates to look at me differently. And it wasn't until I had a lot of complications from my second surgery where I missed four weeks of class that people were wondering what happened and where did you go and that sort of thing. And so I, I, with the support of my professors, I actually got up in front of my classmates and told them what was going on. But um, but yeah, it was, it was hard. But again, I was in a very supportive network. I, I think... Ironically enough, I think being in school was good for me because it gave me the determination to get through my treatments and to get through the cancer diagnosis. Because I was so focused on, on finishing school, and I needed that. I needed to finish PT school, prove that I wasn't losing the battle to cancer, and I needed that normalcy.
0: Yeah. Good for you, man. Uh, I'm 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 loving hearing this, this this story just because of the things that you're saying. But but it also must transfer over. You know, when you're working with individuals in cancer treatment, do you bring it up? If so, if so, how?
1: You know, it, that's a good question. Um, I don't bring it up all the time. I mm-hmm. try, I actually I try not to. You know, especially if I meet somebody you know new for the first time. I mean, I can. I will nod and I will say that I can, I can understand what they've gone through. But I, you know, especially, you know, an, an initial eval the first time you meet somebody, you know, it's really about the patient. But if I am working with somebody and they're really struggling, especially if I do come across a, a young adult mm-hmm. who, you know, is saying, I don't know how to get back to working out. I don't know how to, you know, get back into the workforce. I don't know how to get back into dating then I might bring it up because the, that was me and I lived through all of that. So I, I do it case by case, like I said, the majority of the time I, I won't bring it up, but when I do bring it up, you can just see how the patient just kind of relaxes and says, oh, okay, he gets it. Yeah, I, I love how you frame
0: that is that uh, you make it, this is, this is about them. Right. So you leave mm-hmm. this in your back pocket until you until you've determined, okay, this might this little piece of information might benefit them. This this is when I'm gonna play this card because it's going to help mm-hmm. them. It's not about me, it's not about my story, it's about their story. But if my story can help their story, now I'll play this card. Mm-hmm
1: right absolutely
0: what should people know uh, now now that the audience listening to this show can kind of understand that you've got this insight what are some things that you can only tell us as a physical therapist who's gone through this i mean this is this is really really great knowledge that you learned and you you earned what sh- mm-hmm. what are some things that we should know or pay attention to or, or focus on more or
1: less definitely again the idea of normalcy yeah and so because people will ask me all the time, you know, they, someone will come up and say, you know, my friend was just diagnosed with cancer or my, you know, my, my aunt or my mother or somebody was just diagnosed, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And I always tell them like, treat them normal. That's what we need because when we're, when we're in the middle of a cancer diagnosis, we have no control really as far as going to all these doctor's appointments. You know, the doctor says you will show up for this scan. You will show up for this blood work and, you know, you got shoulder for the surgery, and so, you know, our, our life is really not our own. And so as the provider and or friend, we want to be able to maintain as much normalcy for that person as possible. You know, more so on the on the professional level, you know, I, I can tell you that, you know, the, the more that we can help our patients move, help them with rehab, help them with exercise, that becomes their stake in their own health. That is the one thing that they can control as they go through all of this. And so we may not be able to see it from that lens necessarily, but being able to sit down and say, Hey, you know, I want you to work on, you know, this home exercise program. I want you to start working on your endurance. You know, when you come into the, the outpatient clinic, we're gonna build up your endurance on the treadmill or on the new step or whatever it may be, you're giving that patient an ability to actually have some control of their health in a situation where they don't have any control.
0: Yeah. That's a good thing to focus on is that, you know, if you want to be normal, you're saying focus on normalcy was the first thing you said. And a lot of things are out of control. Okay. Well, we can get you as close to this normalcy as we can, but you have to do some effort. And here is the thing that you control is what Mm -hmm. you're doing. So I'm going to, I can, I can put the path in front of you. You've got to walk it Mm -hmm. and,
1: and, this is the thing you can control. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's what I'm doing now, especially in, in outpatient rehab, that's how I'm framing it. I'm saying, especially for anybody who may still be in active treatment or, you know, is, is getting uh, radiation therapy, like, okay, I know you're going to radiation therapy every day for the next five weeks, but this is what you can do every day for the next five weeks. You know, you can go for a walk, you can do these exercises. And so, this is your contribution to your health and your well-being. That's great. I love that.
0: Anything else you'd want the audience to know? Um, you know, j- just from your your career working with these people and, and learning from them, what, what anything else you, you'd like to leave them with?
1: Cancer patients want to get better, but they may not they may not know that physical therapy is even an option yeah. for them. I've had many patients who have come in and they said. Yeah, my doctor said I should come for physical therapy. And I wasn't really sure why, you know. And then you screen their strength, or you screen their range of motion, or you screen their balance. and They're like, "Oh, this is probably why I needed rehab. Yeah. Yep. This is why I needed physical therapy." And so, as much education as we as PTs need to uh, do for the oncology provider, uh, I think there's a, an education piece that we need to do for the patient as well. Yeah, because the more the patients see the benefits of rehab as they're going through treatment and, and after treatment, then they're going to continue to advocate for it themselves and they're going to push their providers to make those referrals to, to rehab. So so there is a big education piece that goes along with oncology rehab and I think it's both for the provider and
2: for the patient.
0: That's great. Well said. Scott, you can find him on Twitter at Scott Capoza. Scott, you ready for three questions? I am. Let's do it.
2: On the hot seat with three questions on the PT Pinecast.
0: Uh, I want to say thanks to our friends at Arias Medical Staffing, all 50 states in Washington, D.C. I got called out. I just kept saying all 50 states. I'm talking about where Arius has uh, placements for physical therapists to find jobs and and Washington, D.C. I won't leave you out, D.C. All settings, orthopedics, neuro, inpatient, outpatient, oncology, physical therapy. You can throw that in there as well. Arius has placements literally in all 50 states in all those settings right now. Uh, so take a look what they have to offer. See what fits you. Uh, let that PT license take you where you want to go. medical.com. That's A-U-R-E-U-S eus They've been doing it for a couple decades. If you are into travel PT, if you're, if you're at least leaning that way, this could be something cool. Check it out. There's some things that pop up, like license, uh, uh, licensure exchanges in terms of states, how to get licensed in, uh, in multiple states, what do you have to do? They got you covered there. What about taxes? If you live one place, but you're treating another short-term... They've got that covered. Housing, CEUs, these, these questions come up. Don't let these things, these questions prevent you from doing something cool like uh, travel physical therapy. Aureus has the answer. So A-U-R-E-U-S And one more time, that's A-U-R-E-U-S Scott, first question on three question is a where question. If you could go anywhere you wanted to within the 50 U.S. states and be a PT, where would you want to go?
1: You know, I, I think I'd wanna go someplace where I could be close to like a national park. because yeah. uh, I love to I love to be outside. Uh, I love to, like, love to run, love to cycle. Probably I would say maybe like the the mountain area, like Glacier National Park, uh, Yellowstone, like like those areas, maybe even glacier more so just because I'm afraid that the glaciers are gonna melt yeah. in the next couple of years. <laughs> Yeah, if you uh,
0: if if there are people there, they need physical therapists. So uh, that's the great part about this profession is uh, you can kind of let it take you anywhere. So positions again, like I said, Medical dot com will have that information. Second question on three questions. This is something I, I I ask you know completely for myself. What's something you've watched, listened to, or read a movie, podcast, book, something like that that really inspired you? So.
1: I had to think about this for a little bit. Uh, and I actually, I came up with a quote. Okay. Uh, I, came, I came up with a quote from, uh, from a young cancer patient. She was only like 12 or 13 at the time. And she was actually, she was, she was bald. She was just coming out of treatment. And she was the, the spokesperson for a, a local cancer uh, charity event that was going on. And this very wise beyond her years, 12 year old, said something in her speech where she said, cancer is not who I am, but it helps define who I've become. And I think that her quote was really the the starting point for me in realizing that, okay, I've gone through my own cancer experience for a reason, and I'm a physical therapist, so I need to start thinking about how to move this forward and how am I going to define myself? Incidentally that young survivor uh, is now a young adult, she is, uh, she's gone into biomechanical engineering um, and she is smart and healthy and and doing well so, but yeah that that quote you know that she said when she was 12 years old has, has always stuck with me. Wow,
0: that's great. That's that's fantastic. I'm getting a little chills here. That's perfect. That, that's one of the best answers we've had for, uh, for that question on this show, so well well done on that one. Third Thanks. question is a who question. Who's someone the audience should know more about?
1: Yeah. If you want to know more about oncology rehab in general, uh, definitely follow Nicole Stout. She's been doing oncology rehab for a long, long time. She's, uh, she's spoken on the national level. She has spoken on the international level. She is a, a great advocate for oncology rehab. You know, I know that uh, this summer she's presenting at the American Society of Clinical Oncology's annual meeting, which is where all the oncologists from around the world come. Uh, so, so she is definitely connected, and she is a lot of energy. So she's she is definitely a, a good follow. Yep, she is. And if you want to follow her, we've had her on this
0: program before. Cole's on Twitter at Nicole Stout. PT is where you can find her. Scott, you're off the hot seat, man. That was three questions again from our friends at Arius Medical Staffing. If you're thinking travel PT might be right for you, A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com. Last thing we do on the program is The Parting Shot.
2: This is The Parting Shot.
0: The Parting Shot is brought to you by Rock Tape. Rock Tape is more than just a tape company. They're a movement company, bringing you not only the world's finest kinesiology tape, but movement courses to help you get your patients moving stronger, longer. Make sure to check out your medical provider pricing right now at rocktape.com medical that's rocktape.com medical to get your hands on rock tape rock blades rock pods and rock floss again rocktape.com medical that is rocktape.com medical you've given some pretty good mic drops already there scott so uh this might be hard uh what do you got left for us what's your what's your parting shot your your, your last sentiment you want to leave with the audience
1: again i would say that if oncology rehab is something that you're even remotely thinking about, don't question it. Go for it because there is definitely a need across our country yeah. to, to help cancer survivors get stronger and live better lives. That's great, uh,
0: Scott Caposa Appreciate your time talking to us. Thank you for telling your story, letting us learn from it. Uh, appreciate that. So, uh, thank you for that. And if you, again, if you want to follow uh, Scott online, that is uh, at Scott Composa on Twitter. Scott, thanks so much, man. Jimmy, I really appreciate it. Thanks so
1: much for having me
2: the pt pinecast is a product of pt pinecast llc it is hosted and produced by pt pinecast ceo jim mckay and cbo sky donovan from marymount university we talk pt drink beer and record it this has been another pour from the pt pinecast the pt pinecast is intended for educational purposes only no clinical decision making should be based solely on one source while care is taken to ensure accuracy factual errors can be present More on the show at ptpinecast.com.
0: Want to thank Brooks IHL. That's Brooks Rehabilitation Institute of Higher Learning. Offering residencies, fellowship education, orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, neurologic PT, pediatrics, sports. That's an overview of their residencies. Check out what they have to offer at brooksihl.org. World-class educational opportunities to the local and regional community. Check them out. brooksihl.org.